0: What is Café Mocha? Café Mocha is experts, celebrities.
1: What's up? This is Belbeth DeVoe. This is Trudy Idris Alba. This is
0: Fantasia. This is Embo. This
1: is
2: India R. E. So
0: much more. All from a woman's perspective.
1: What flavor are you, baby?
0: This is Café Mocha. Think like a man, girl's trip, ride along. We've got the man behind some of your favorite movies, Will Packer, plus... This woman single-handedly swooped in and saved Ebony Magazine. We're going to talk to the new owner of Ebony Jet. Cafe Mocha begins now. I'm Angelique, along with Lonnie Love and Yo-Yo. I want to talk. Our next guest is president of HBCU Go!, TV. Introduce yourself, sir.
3: This is Curtis Simons, uh, president of HBCU go.tv.
0: Thank you for joining Cafe Mocha. I want to talk about HBCU go.tv. Talk about what you're doing there and uh, how people can get involved.
3: Well, this, I really appreciate Cafe Mocha uh, having me on today. HBCU go.tv was a brainchild of myself and uh, another partner of mine by the name of Clint Evans. And I graduated, actually grew up on the campus of Central State University in Ohio. Um, Basically, my mother taught there for 40 years. My father worked there for 50 years. I've been in the media business for about 35 years. Most people remember me as executive vice president of BET for 14 years with Bob Johnson and that run. But really, what HBCU Go TV is all about is uh, giving exposure to black colleges all over the 105 Stoker Black colleges. And really, the goal of the channel is to really educate our community on the history, the value, and uh, the legacy of historical black colleges and universities. I really want to help people understand that you can go to an HBCU and get a great education. I'm tired of hearing people say, you know, I can't go to an HBCU because it's all black school. Well, I, I attended different. Anyone who has attended an HBCU will tell you the same because it's the greatest place to really learn who you are as an individual and grow out to be what you want to be. To me, if I can do it as an HBCU grad, other people can do it. And if you look at the history of a lot of the politicians, educators, athletes, there has been numerous great people who have come to HBCUs.
2: Yeah, you got one on the line, uh, Mr. Curtis. I know, not, uh, I know, I know. I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't
3: know if you remember me from our old days at B T. We used to have some real good conversations back in the day. Yes, I do. I remember all of you on this call. I do.
2: I do. What do we need to do to get started with HBCUGo.tv? What is it that we can
3: do? You're doing the greatest thing right now by helping me
2: talk about it. But if
3: you guys, you know, uh, Sheila Eldridge, which is part of your your organization, has been one of my big supporters. It's just continuously spreading the word. There's a channel out there now called TV. And we are carried on Roku as a streaming service. It is carried on Roku. We are carried on uh, Amazon Fire Firestick uh, through Allen Media. Now we're carried on Local Now. We're carried uh, in conjunction with the Creo and we're on Sports TV. And if we can just continue to pay, spread the message that there's a channel out there targeted to HBCUs,
2: and what type of programming will you have on there? HBC
3: lifestyle programming, educational programming, and all type of programming. Hopefully I'm trying to get Cafe Boca TV onto that targeted to the HBCU com- uh, community from a Jensen audience to the alumni. And so we want to try to grow that. You know, uh the content is our biggest thing and in fact, uh one of the shows that Sheila did last year HBCU show she did last year. We hope to air on Go TV this year.
0: Well, are you talking about the Salute Them Awards?
3: Yes, yes, exactly. There <laughs> yeah, you Excellent. go. You don't better not do. <laughs> it's a great show. You guys do a great job of it. I, we aired a uh, second run of it last year, but I want to get on the first run this year.
0: Yeah, uh, Mr. Ron, I work with Dr. Teresa Price with the National College Resource Foundation and the Black College Expo, and I'll definitely. Oh really? Yes. Yeah, I'll definitely make sure to um, let the people know if you can get us some information out too.
3: We yeah. would love to do that, and and uh, I just want to put this out there that our website is hbcugo.tv is our website, and and you can talk to too many people who didn't attend HBCU and say, man, if I only would have known with HBCU, I would have been there. I just didn't know. I didn't know. So I went another route.
2: And that's why it's so important to have... A channel like HBCUgo.tv, because even like a person like me, it was word of mouth. It was a mentor. Right. That got me, right. To, to, you know, and told me about, I didn't know what a historically black college was. I was from Detroit. Exactly. You know, mm-hmm. and my first, I went to one of those schools, universities up in Michigan, which was all mm-hmm. white. It was right. huge. And I got lost in the system. What people need to understand with HBCUs, they're a smaller class size, it's catered to your your culture. The experience is nothing like I've ever had. And your college exactly. experience, that's a very vulnerable time. And it, it sets your foundation.
3: There you go, I, right there. So Allen Media Group and HBCU go to partnered up now to be that anchor and to be that plug that is now going to drive more people to hbcus and that and that's our goal
2: well you know if you need anything from prairie view i am a proud presidential uh medal honoree uh so i'm good with the president and with and that's my campus that is my home and we got somebody from howard <laughs> uh, yeah you you, know. got, you
3: got a bicep on there for sure There's no yeah, know,
2: they always around this is plenty.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Keep that word out there that there's a channel out there that everybody needs to check out. I would love you for it. There's no question.
2: We definitely will. Definitely will. Thank you so much for spending time with us. And um, no problem. HBCUGo TV.
0: It's Cafe Moke. I'm Angelique. We know and love this guy because he produced. The Think Like a Man movies Girl Trip. He paired up Ice Cube Kevin Hart for Ride Along. And on the line right now is Will Packer. Welcome to Cafe Mocha. Hey, hey, what's happening? Thanks hey. for having
4: me.
0: You know what? Um, Lonnie's shooting a movie right now, so she's a little busy. Yo yo is on a cruise or you know, doing things that yo-yo does. Uh, So it's you and I, and uh, I'm happy to have you on the show. All good. I'm happy
1: to be here. I love that the ladies are off doing their thing. I'm not surprised at all. Um, I think we all wish we were with Yo-Yo right now. I (laughs) can use that cruise. I'm about that cruise. Yeah, we giving one away, so you know. (laughs) Nice. Nice.
0: So listen, um, hardcore fans know you from a... I'll call it a flick that you did 20 plus years ago, Twa. <laughs> um, but you know, T. I TV. love you
1: call it a flick. I like that because Twa was an erotic thriller. So it was definitely, uh, I've gone in a different direction since then, but a lot of people might call it a, a flick because it was, you know,
0: steamy and sexy. It was. It's on uh, a few of my friends' top favorite. Anyway, we won't get into the eroticness of it. But, you know, film and television has changed a lot since then, especially when it comes to representation. We got Shonda Rhimes, who pretty much took over ABC for a time. Tyler Perry made his way in with, you know, his self-funded movies. We got Black Hobbits now on Lord of the Rings. (laughs) But,
1: But... you know, We're everywhere. Us, the culture, stand
0: up. Right. Um, but we still have work to do. Where do you think Hollywood needs to go right now?
1: Oh, it needs to continue with trying to showcase underserved voices, trying to get uh, people in front and behind the camera that haven't before, right? Haven't had their stories told, haven't had that opportunity. And there's so many. Got to remember, we were so far uh, behind in terms of Hollywood, Hollywood imagery, Hollywood power. Being distributed equitably, so far behind that even though there are a lot more folks getting their voices heard with production companies producing movies, starring in movies, writing movies, we've got we've had such a dirt for so long that we've got a lot of catching up to do. So just can't can't forget that. But the important thing is that the economic power is is shifting a little bit. You're starting to see projects that have black and brown folks on camera, in front of the camera, do very well, and that's ultimately the the barometer for success in Hollywood is what you can do financially from a business standpoint. You can't forget that. Mm -hmm. Now we just need to try to get some more power brokers behind the scenes.
0: I mean, look at uh, the Viola Davis movie that just came out where they thought it wasn't going to do what it did. And it turned out that who was showing up in the theaters, women, 35 and up. So is that what you mean by the economic power showing them that, that we we will show up for them when, when you put out our movies?
1: Hundred percent, without a doubt. That at the end of the day, you know, I tell people audiences, you guys really control Hollywood. You tell them what you want to see and what you don't want to see. The actors that resonate with you, those that don't, the storylines, the subject matters that you want to see more of. Audiences have the power. And so Ultimately, that's what Hollywood is reacting to. It doesn't matter the medium: streaming, theatrical, television. They're reacting to audiences and audiences' taste as best as Hollywood can. I should say.
0: We're talking to Will Packer, and the audience, at least part of the audience, has spoken about the the Little Mermaid trailer. Movie's not even out yet, and of course, some oh, folks I are, love that. You know, Allie. I'll let you speak on that part of it, but then there's the other part of it where YouTube had to shut down comments because over a million people are pissed off that the new Little Mermaid is black.
1: Yeah, you know what? It was black when you woke up mad. She's gonna be black when you go to sleep. And the movie's still coming out. Nothing you can do about it. So that's what I say to the haters and detractors. If you are black in this industry, you know what we've been up against. You know yeah. that.
0: But yeah.
1: You know, this is shining a light on it. But I give props to Disney for pushing forward with that. I'm actually working right now on a um, on a movie for Disney Plus with a Black Santa Claus. So, oh, nice. uh, get your get your fingers ready. All uh, some of those same people that didn't like it, if you if you thought you <laughs> hated Black Little Mermaid, where do you get a load of Black Chris Kringle? I got something for you. <laughs> According to my
0: old 45, Santa Claus is a black man. That That's how I remember on, the song now. going. <laughs> <Come> on, <now.
1: laughs>
0: I, you know, I, I want to talk about navigating Hollywood as black talent because it's tricky. You know, as a white filmmaker, you release a, eh, eh, you know, OK movie flops at the box office is treated like, well, you know, you win some, you lose some black filmmaker flops. It is commentary on us as a people, and that we won't support Black films. Um, if a white actor, for example, let's say Casey Affleck, gets accused of sexual harassment on the set, he goes on to win an Oscar. All that stuff is paid off, scandal diminished. But if, you know, you're, let's say, uh, Nate Parker, you get blackballed for decades. You know, for for him, it was an old rape case that he was tried and found innocent of. You know, looking at yourself as somebody that's traversing this world, how do you navigate this place that is so unforgiving to us and can just one bad move, even if it was however many years ago, could have you out with the white
1: Hollywood? You know, I think you try to stay true to yourself and your own moral compass and not be corrupted by this or any other industry, not be corrupted um, by what other folks are doing. Uh, you're right, there are multiple standards at play. Uh, oftentimes, it's not specific to this industry, just across the world. For yeah. me, I just try to stay true to who I am,
4: mm-hmm. you know,
1: and, and that's all I can do and all I can be and try to just be the best Will Packer I can be and the way I was raised and the people that I want to see succeed. Uh, a Legacy is important to me, trying to help other folks who Otherwise, may not have an opportunity were it not on one of my movies, one of my sets, one of my writing rooms. Right. Um, I take a lot of pride in the opportunities I'm able to give um, through my position in the industry.
0: Gotcha. And so speaking of future talent, I guess on social media, there was the big, you know, who's going to replace Denzel? Because we have this thing in uh in Hollywood where there's only allowed to be that one Kevin Hart, there's only allowed to be that one Denzel, and they're not really cultivating the talent the way Black filmmakers are. So when you look at sort of the up and coming talent, who are you excited about future Black actors and actresses that you know are going to be the next Viola, Denzel, Kevin? There's a lot of them.
1: I, I don't, you know, I don't think anybody is the next. I always think of people as the first. Nobody can be developed period. No. Right? right? Nobody can do what he does, or or or, or Sam. You know, uh, these folks yeah. that have been yeah. in the game for a minute, the legends. Um, you know, Angela Bassett, Halle Berry. Like you yeah. just, you're not going to duplicate them. But there certainly is a new generation of of amazing actors for this new generation of consumers. And, you know, whether you're talking about Lupita Nyong'o or Michael B. Jordan, yeah. um, or, um, you know, right now I'm doing a movie with uh, Rel and Ludacris, uh, who are both really, really good. Um, and then, you know, you can go younger. We talked about, you know, Halle Bailey. How about our sister, Chloe Bailey, who mm-hmm. I just worked with, who's very talented from the music side, but coming over and acting. How about Quinta Brunson, you know, and oh, Ray. Yeah. Like he's just, It's just such... I love the fact that there is a new crop, fresh crop, and some of them have different backgrounds. Some came from, you know, social media, web series, creating their own projects. Some came more traditionally through, you know, drama schools at some of the top schools and programs, you know, and some, you know, just found their way in by hook or crook by any means necessary. Because remember, Hollywood's not standing outside with a sign and saying, hey, who's next? Who's coming? Who else wants in? And not doing that. It's tough. It's tough to break in. And so I love the opportunity to see that next generation of folks. I don't compare them with the last generation because it's different.
0: One of the things I love about your career is that you don't just do the comedies, that you have invested in documentaries, that you've invested in, you know, children's programs. So one of the one of the things that I wanted to talk about is uh, your recently produced Nickelodeon series. That girl Lele, which was uh, created Mm -hmm. and written by comedian David Arnold, who unfortunately passed away uh, here recently.
1: Yeah, Um, R.I.P. to a to a comedic legend and a a really, really, really good brother and a close friend of mine, uh, David Arnold, um, who, as you said, yes, was the creator and my partner on the show That Girl Lele. It's a show I'm really, really proud of. David brought that show to life and showcased two young black girls. um, And they're coming into our homes every week. It's one of Nickelodeon's highest rated shows. And we're very proud of it. Audiences have responded to it. And, you know, where else on TV are you going to see two young black girls who are at the centerpiece
4: of the storylines?
1: The show revolves around them. So very proud of the the work that um, the team has done uh, led so admirably um, by the irreplaceable David Arnold.
0: Yeah. And for those who um, who watched his for the grown folks, they probably know him from uh, the Netflix stand up fat ballerina season two. You guys are on season two of that right now, right? We are.
1: We are. Yeah, absolutely. Season two of That Girl Lele. It's Thursday nights on Nickelodeon. Really proud of it. Um, Lele is uh, is is our star. That girl. She is that girl. Um, (laughs) And her cast is amazing, too, though. It's great. And we are able to do. It's a show that's a, it's, it's for everybody. You know, right. it's not exclusive. It's very inclusive. Um, but it happens to be told through the lens of these two girls who happen to be black. I love that. You know, we talk about school and bullying and hair and, you know, all those kind of things that kids of all sorts have to deal with, but certainly exactly. very specifically through the black girl lens. I'm, I'm, I'm very proud of that
0: and um you're you've broken into our field which i mean i don't know when podcasting became such a huge deal but you have a, a season 2 of the lower bottoms with uh, debbie allen amber riley yes. and, and you're into podcasting mr filmmaker first of all <laughs> why why get involved in telling stories in this small intimate medium of me and my headphones and audio You know, because it is
1: storytelling, just what you said. You don't have the benefit of um, the visual uh, medium, but you can tell some very strong narrative stories. And for me as a producer, it gives me an opportunity to see if something connects with an audience that then deserves to be um, potentially explored in other mediums. So it was really, really smart from a business standpoint, but from a creative standpoint, it, it allows you to hone the narrative in a very different way. Um, And so, yes, we have a show called The Lower Bottoms. Uh, We are in our second season. If you haven't seen the first season, that's okay. Uh, Or heard, I should say.
0: Does it make it hard for you as someone who's putting this together to think, oh, they're not going to see this? I know it must change the way you do things. Well, yeah, it changes the execution, Mm -hmm. but
1: not not the process of developing the narrative. You still have to have engaging characters. You still have to give them backstory. You still have to present them a certain way that audiences will receive it. You still have to have amazing actors. The stuff that I'm doing on podcast is not, you know, like a show like this. It is definitely more of like narrative storytelling in the podcast space. I need actors. I need great voice actors. So you talked about, you know, Amber Riley, Debbie Allen, um, uh, Kelsey Grammer, Theo Rossi, a whole host of others who came in to get down with us on this season of The Lower Bottoms, um, which I'm, I'm, I'm proud of. The answer to your question is that if there's a medium that allows us to tell stories in a really rich way, I want to be a part of it. I've been very fortunate. They've had a lot of success on the film side. I'm now you know very active in television, scripted and non-scripted, I might add, and so podcast is just a natural evolution for me.
0: Gotcha. Before I let you go, I want to remind people that Beast is still in theaters. Is it going to be streaming soon? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Wherever you see your movies, you'll be able to see it on demand, and soon it will be on Peacock. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a fun movie. Get ready, get your popcorn. We and love it. Come on now, that's my guy. He can be no wrong in my eyes. That's my brother. He did an amazing job with that movie. We're very proud of it.
0: Will Packer, catch That Girl Lele Thursday nights on Nickelodeon, plus season two of The Lower Bottoms, available on iHeart and wherever you stream your podcast. The Beast in theaters now. Will Packer, thank you so much. And hopefully next time, Lonnie will be here so she can ask you to put her in one of your movies. I'm just doing it on her behalf.
1: Okay. I'm going to put it out there right now. I'm going to drop this little nugget for the listeners, even though Lonnie isn't here, but Lonnie is going to be in an upcoming movie that we are shooting uh, later this year. So that's all I can say about it, but it's coming. So (laughs) I was hoping we could talk about that a little bit today, but she's off shooting another movie. Lonnie don't need no more jobs. (laughs) We <laughs> out there working. You don't need <laughs> nothing for Will Packer. to making it happen. Now give Lonnie give Lonnie my love because she's always been a big supporter and I appreciate her. Hey yo, yo, and you. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you. Beast is currently streaming on Peacock. And don't forget, the Salute Them Awards is coming October 23rd. It's presented by Toyota and AARP. We're honoring HBCU trailblazers like the grandmother of Juneteenth, Opal Lee, MSNBC host Tiffany Cross, and Missy Elliott. Go to SaluteThemAwards.com to RSVP. When you do, you are automatically registered to win a Disney Cruise for you and your family. We're
4: at Cafe Mocha Radio. Announcing the Mocha Podcast Network, an innovative lifestyle podcast network featuring conversations from a Black perspective. Curated with respected voices led by actresses and comedians Sherry Shepard and Kim Whitley. We're funny and we have a point of view. We call that edumatainment. That's what we call it. Is that what it is? Veteran TV journalist Rolanda Watts. Shocking the heck out of everybody. The legendary Unky Divas in Vogue. This topic is girl groups in the industry. To syndicated broadcast personalities Lonnie Love and Dee Dee McGuire, as well as an array of experts and activists. Mocha Podcast Network, a lifestyle destination with authentic voices and perspectives designed to enrich and empower women of color with a unique listening experience. With quality over quantity, from concept to completion, now is the time for content creators and brands to join the innovative Mocha Podcast Network and experience unapologetic conversations with a new perspective.
0: It's Cafe Mocha. It's Cafe Mocha. If you're over 40, you remember rushing to the mailbox to get Jet and Ebony magazines. The guys were checking out the Jet Beauty girls, checking out the fashions. We remember seeing the photos of the It Black couples in Ebony, the weddings, the passings. You know, these two magazines together and separately They help tell our stories and fill us with a lot of Black pride. Joining us right now is the new owner and newly appointed CEO of the Ebony Media Group, which includes Ebony and Jet, Eden Bridgman. Welcome to Cafe Mocha.
5: Hi, thank you so much for having me. Excited to have a chance to talk about Ebony and Jet.
0: And for you, I mean, I vividly remember... You know, we could only afford one of the magazines, and it was Ebony. But when I went to the hair salon, I would, you know, be able to check out Jet. But f- you know, for you coming up, what did these magazines mean in your family to you, to your your parents, your grandparents?
5: I think for each generation, it is meant the the same. Um, it just may have looked different based upon the era that the individual was kind of growing up in and being exposed to Ebony and Jet, but at its core for my grandparents, for my parents and I, it was the opportunity to see others that looked like you doing life in a way that you dreamt or hopefully this would be your trajectory. Yeah. Excellent. The success, um, the idea that your life could be more than what other either publications, media, culture, the world, society, all, all of that wrapped in one may have been saying this is all that you could be. Ebony and Jet said no, you can be more than that and we're going to show you through the covers, through the stories of others that have paved a way so that hopefully we could Experience the same excellence in, in lifestyle that those that were being profiled in the magazine. So I think for my grandparents, it meant something, and it meant something for my parents, but at its core, it's always been a chance to see ourselves reflected when others didn't want to allow
0: us to see our true selves. Yeah. I mean, you know, this is like the original Black Twitter Instagram before we had all these <laughs> pictures. It was just these magazines. And and like you said, I just remember looking at like Debbie Allen and being like, "Yeah, you know, one day I'm going to go to Hollywood and um but you know, here's a thing that has concerned me over the past decade, especially as you know, Print publications are going away, especially as consolidation continues to grow and grow, is that we're losing you know, we're losing our stuff. We're losing our media. So much of the stuff that used to be Black-owned or used to be family-owned are now getting swooped up. You know, there's like, what is it, like three mm-hmm. companies in the world now? It's it's Amazon, it's Costco, it's, you know. So why was it important to you to, you know, save ebony jet and to come in as a, a black owner and and revive, you know, this franchise, if you will.
5: I think for what you had already stated, the idea of, you know, you your family was able to afford ebony, but you went to the beauty salon and you saw jet. And for <laughs> me, that was my first exposure was sitting underneath that that hairdryer for what felt like weeks trying to you know <laughs> get those pin curls just tight enough that I would sit there and I would flip through Ebony's and jets and I would see a world that I didn't even know existed. I grew up in Louisville, Kentucky. I didn't grow mm-hmm. up in a major metropolitan city. So I needed ebony and jet to tell me what was cool, what was happening in a way that I wasn't necessarily exposed on my day-to-day life. And the idea that even though we have many ways now to maybe see people of color. They, it was lost in the idea that we had a home that was always for us by us, that mm-hmm. would uplift us, give us a chance to tell our stories in a way that other media couldn't. And that event is limited through social media, through other kind of mediums that doesn't paint the totality of the person from their kind of inner, what drives them, what moves them, and also that they're part of the conversation, but they're driving the necessary conversations that are void right now and, and need to be a opportunity for us to, to see, again, what was done in the magazines, but now using all different mediums, not just print, not just digital, not just social, but an entire ecosystem so that it can tell who we are as a people now and where we want to go, which is why we coined the phrase Ebony moving Black forward, because we feel the brand and brands, including JET, have that opportunity to move the Black community forward.
0: So speaking of that, You guys launch Ebony Studios. That sounds like movies, sounds like TV shows. What is it? Tell me.
5: It is everything that you just listed and hopefully so much more. The idea that I now set with ownership of and stewardship, I would say, of 76 years of history Mm -hmm. And that it is my responsibility to bring those stories that are now lost due to the ever-changing way we consume content, to bring them forward and to remind people that although we have seen progress, let us also not forget how how much further we need to go and to celebrate those heroes that may just be lost in time that are Are written in the pages of Ebony and the pages of Jet, but now I can bring those stories to life either from just a historical standpoint, but also a modern telling of what moved us, what was in fashion, what made us laugh, what challenged us and, and revealed something that we all needed to grapple with. And so Ebony Studios is going to Bring those stories to life through film television documentaries um, podcasts and kind of every way that we can make sure our stories are told and, mm-hmm. and told all over the world
0: and and preserve like you said I remember um what was it last year a couple of years ago when the all the pictures from Ebony were sold at an auction. And I know I was sitting there, you know, like everybody else going, wait, that's our history. Those are our our stories. Can you sort of talk about that and, and saving these magazines?
5: Yeah, I, I will say the, the beauty of what happened with that sale is that they are now going to be preserved by the African-American History Museum in D.C. that they have the responsibility and I think they are right to have now a chance to tell the story through the photographic archive. If
0: you go to ebony.com they just released their big power 100 list plus You have to see the cover of the September-October magazine. Sierra's on the cover looking amazing. Coming up in the Espresso, folks are mad at Trina and Saucy Santana. Here's your dose of Espresso. Strong, hot news now. This is the Espresso. I know a lot of people are happy to hear this announcement.
1: As I said when I ran for president, no one should be in jail just for using or possessing marijuana. It's already legal in many states.
0: President Biden says he's pardoning all federal offenses for simple marijuana possession. Meanwhile, some black folks are furious about this rap song featuring Trina and Saucy Santana. The dating Uh-oh. app BLK is behind the song. Okay, so maybe it's not your taste, but if it gets the 20-somethings to vote, that's all that matters. And the story of Emmett Till hits movie theaters this weekend, told from the perspective of his mother, Mamie.
4: We don't often know what the experience of the black woman in the civil rights movement is. People don't know about the challenges that she faced as a result of his death being announced.
0: Till is in select theaters now. That's The Espresso. Cafe Moke, I'm Angelique talking to the woman who swooped in and saved our beloved Ebony and Jet magazines, Eden Bridgman. What can we expect next from Ebony Jet? I'd say world
5: domination. <laughs> <That> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> is, as, as a business woman, I, I look at this as it is my job to bring Ebony and Jet both from a Digital, which you can't necessarily touch and feel the brand, but you can consume it in such a way to a tangible um, where you can touch and feel the brands as you used to. so yes, you will see us print at times when it makes sense, right. but you'll see us also create films and and television. You'll see us also create other revenue streams, fashion and products because one of the be- the, the best things that happen. Um, when my family and we were able to acquire the brand is that people called us saying, would you partner with me to create Ebony Wine? Would you create the Ebony credit card, which we like to say will be the real black card one day that's the decision that we make. (laughs) But for us, it sky is the limit. We just have to use our business acumen to make sure that the business models behind these ideas can lead us to the future. We said that this is a legacy play for our family. We didn't acquire these brands as a private equity move where you're going to see us build it up and sell it off in, in a few years. That's Great. We're in this for the long term. Great. Um, and so that's the kind of business model that we will be setting up behind these brands so that generationally, we don't have to ever worry about Ebony or Jet being lost but they'll always be a part of us in a
0: meaningful way. When you guys get ready to do your podcast, just sign me up. You know, I've been doing this you radio thing for a long time. <laughs> and any, any assistance you guys need, any leadership you need, you definitely you can count on me. And I'm sure that, you know, Lonnie and Yo-Yo would agree with, uh, you know, contributing to what you guys are doing. Because the idea of losing our magazines without essence without ebony without jet those are the three and we've watched this turmoil happen over the past few years you know we need you
5: and we look at this as as the responsibility for all it yes we may set from an ownership standpoint but we all were impacted by what Uh, Mr. Johnson and Johnson Publishing Company and Eunice Johnson and Linda and those before us, um, that, that did the blood, sweat, and tears so that we could see the possibilities, um, for our future. And so it's, I say, a entire, it is necessary for so many people to be part of this journey and that it's not just my family's responsibility to carry it, but for all of us because I love to tell the story that when we were first um, looking for for the right personnel to come on board, there was a young woman who had an Ebony magazine um, position behind her. Cause we're, you know, during the pandemic when we took over, so everybody was on zoom mm-hmm. and she let me know that her grandfather had written into the magazine for one of their writing contests and won. And mm-hmm. he was awarded an automobile and instead of just keeping the automobile he sold the car used the money in order to purchase a new home and she said that was the first time her family had ever been homeowners and it's because of ebony that her family's trajectory changed
4: wow. so that's
5: where the responsibility isn't just within um, my family. It's really making sure that the brand continues to create those type of generational change that it has for many, many generations so far and what we hope will continue under our leadership.
0: And when you say it's all of our responsibility, that means the people listening as well. Because once we put this this content out, it's your responsibility to support it. Because obviously, you know, nothing moves forward without the support, without the listener, without the consumer being involved in it. So Eden Bridgman is the new CEO and new owner of, I'm going to say Ebony Jet, but it is officially Ebony Media Group. Thank you, Eden. Pleasure talking to you. Thank you, and have a blessed day. The Salute Them Awards is streaming October 23rd. Some of the honorees you know, like Reverend Jesse Jackson, Missy Elliott. Some of them you've seen on the news, like the grandmother of Juneteenth, Opal Lee. Some have been working hard behind the scenes to benefit us all, like marketing geniuses Septosa Foster and Shantae Bacon, and Devon Henry, whose construction company has been hired to take down Confederate statues throughout the South. Get ready to be inspired, but first you have to RSVP at salutethemawards.com. The registration also makes you eligible to win a Disney cruise. That's the Salute Them Awards, October 23rd, presented by Toyota and AARP. That's the show. Until next time, you can find us on all platforms at Cafe Mocha Radio. Cafe Mocha is a production of Miles Ahead Broadcasting. In partnership with Compass Media, executive producer Sheila Eldridge. For comments, booking, or more information, visit cafemocharadio.com.
4: shocking the heck out of everybody the legendary unky divas in vogue this topic is girl groups in the industry to syndicated broadcast personalities lonnie love and dede mcguire as well as an array of experts and activists mocha podcast network a lifestyle destination with authentic voices and perspectives designed to enrich and empower women of color with a unique listening experience With quality over quantity, from concept to completion, now is the time for content creators and brands to join the innovative Mocha Podcast Network and experience unapologetic conversations with a new perspective.